Podcast for the working cowboy. Well, welcome back, Daylight Burners. Got a got a good episode for you today. Uh, got a fella named Benny. He's with the Tenth Special Forces Group out of, out of Colorado. Uh, one of one of our country's uh, top tier operators. Um, kind of a kind of a small small group of people um had the pleasure of, of meeting him and his family this fall at the war party ranch uh, uh buck and horse futurity that they that they helped put on and uh drank a few beers fella cooked me a hell of a steak and eggs for breakfast and uh and it was just a good time and um so anyway benny we can't we can't say last names we're gonna there'd be probably some stuff that i'll, I'll get shut down on because he is he is active duty and does some real serious shit uh, for for this country. So, uh, Benny, welcome to the show. Uh, glad to talk to you again, man. Yeah, excited. Thank you for having me on. You bet. You bet, man. It's uh, it's always it's always good to to meet good people. And I was telling my wife, you know, got got to meet your little your little girls and your wife and everything. Your your boys that uh, that you that you work with and and. Uh, I always, I, have, I guess not always. I, I started saying this the other day because um, I was, I say Jesus is my my faith, but good people is my religion. I don't, I don't really care where you come from, what you do. I just I like good people, and uh, and and you guys seem like good people to, in, in my books. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on and uh, <laughs> get to know you a little bit more because uh, we we didn't get. I mean, we we spent some time uh, bullshitting, but not enough. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a good time. Um, like it, it was my girl's first rodeo, so they were ecstatic. That's awesome. Um, that little kids at a rodeo are, are the best. You know, I I've been to I don't I can't even count how many rodeos and ranch rodeos and stuff I've been to, and uh, and anymore I like I don't even pay much attention to the actual performance. I, I I'm I'm more just shooting the shit with with guys behind the shoot or whatever. Um, <clears throat> But it's it is really cool watching uh watching little kids uh at a rodeo for the first time. My one of my college roommates, a good buddy of mine, he his family came out and visited and we uh we took him to a ranch rodeo and his, his boys had a I mean, they were just enthralled by the bucking horses, which that's what boys should be, is uh is just transfixed by bucking horses. That's uh that's uh outside of uh the gunfighter stuff it's it's one of the manliest things you can do is get on a bucking horse. Oh, for sure. That's it's absolute crazy to me when I'm watching it. <laughs> it's uh it's wild. I uh, but you know I think I, I've I've said this many times through uh, since I've started this. Like uh, the the most similar mindset I've I've ever come across when when it comes to uh, 
cowboys is uh, is military guys, but particularly the guys that 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 see see the shit like like you guys, the the seals, the you know marine, uh, you know eighty second airborne, the the guys that actually that actually see combat because you, you have stories that nobody but your boys can can relate to and it's kind of the same way with uh with working cowboys it's just you can talk about them but only the guys that have and the people that have done it really understand what you're talking about and uh and i I get that type of sense from from you guys i like i I've, i've never seen combat or anything like that but the stories have a have the same same type of feel like the mindset um there there is no quitting time it's whenever whenever you're done you're done Oh, for sure. And um, so, anyway, I've I've always I've always kind of got along with with uh, with uh, guys like yourself, and and I think a lot of it comes from from that that type of mentality. Is uh, it just oh, it's a hard profession. It's it's not it's not easy work, but I I can't imagine myself doing anything else until I'm just physically unable to. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's how a lot of us feel. But I mean, any, anybody who's worked a ranch, I mean, there's no weekends on a ranch, you yeah. know. And kind of like us when we're on deployment, there's there's no weekends on a deployment. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, for sure. You um, and also the guys that you work with are uh, <clears throat> sometimes a lot of times. Uh, a little bit unsavory, not good in uh, in social settings in public. Like they're um, kind of kind of a bull in a china shop type uh, mentality. So they're 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 better off just left to their own devices, away from the gentle general public. Yeah, I would say I would say some some <laughs> fall under that for sure. Uh, it's not as common, kind of with special forces, mm-hmm. being that. You know, our, our job is to, you know, operate by, with, and through partners. Yeah. So we kind of, you have to be personal and, like, personable uh, in this job. And, you know, to make the friends that we make and to continue work with the guys that we work with, uh, yeah, you, de- you definitely have to be personable. But there are, yeah, there are times when you can catch some of us. And, you know, it's just one of those days, as I'm sure... You can catch a cowboy, and it's just one of those days. Yeah, that... yeah, it, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, and uh, well, and like Green Berets in particular, you guys like one of your main focuses training an indigenous force. So you, yeah, like you said, you kind of have to be somewhat personable because you're you're direct dealing directly with with uh, people from a different country and trying to train them to become a competent fighting force. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> how um, like how how does and without getting way into the technical and you know off limits type of stuff, but like how how is uh like the language training and stuff? Uh, do you do you speak several languages or at least uh, you know passable enough to carry on a conversation? Yeah. So, uh, well, each special forces guy. During the qualifications course, you have a language block of six months, and then we have to do 40 hours every year, so we kind of keep up on our language. Uh, my language Russian, so I 
speak Russian. I can. I don't speak fluently by any means, but I can get by in simple conversation. Okay. Um, and then you pick up other languages kind of on the way. Uh, I lived in Germany for five and a half years, so I know some German. Again, enough just to get by. Uh, I know some French. I know Polish. Um, so you kind of pick those up along the way. Um, uh, are Polish and Russian fairly similar? No. Okay. No, they're 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 two separate branches of the Slovak language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they do kind of fall under the same branch. There can be some similarities, but it is it really it's completely different. Polish is, you know, it's a, its own language. So it'd be like comparing Spanish to French. They're both Latin languages, but they sound nothing alike. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because, I, like, I know Spanish and Italian and Portuguese are not interchangeable, but they're pretty similar. Um, my my wife's a Spanish teacher, and uh, so she's she's a language expert um, in her own right. And so I've I've picked up. I'm. It's funny. She's she's a blonde haired, green eyed white girl, and I'm uh, I'm half Mexican. And I I speak a little bit of Spanish, not much. I mean, just it's like feedlot Spanish that I. It's just enough to get by with some of the guys, and I, I can understand quite a bit more, but um, if they're speaking slowly, <laughs> and that doesn't happen much with uh, with Mexicans in particular. I don't know about Spaniard Spanish, but Mexican Spanish is usually pretty rapid fire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could feel the same way. It's... <laughs> Any any time I have to speak Russian or anything close to Russian or Polish, I have to continuously ask to, for the person I'm talking to to slow down. Yeah, you know, or say it a different way. And yeah, I, I feel like a five year old when talking about. I, I believe that. I, I know. Uh, I, it, it's funny this because I'll I'll get people. At, it hasn't happened as much, but it used to happen quite a little bit more. Where, where people will come up and just rattle off Spanish to me because, I mean, they look Mexican, and I'm half Mexican, so they, but then it's just like, uh, no habla español, and, or muy, muy poquito, and, uh, like, I'll, I'll get, I can usually kind of, kind of understand or at least get the gist of what they're saying, but have no idea how to respond to it other than, uh, no, no habla. Yeah. But it's uh, so I've heard that that Russian, like once you learn the the alphabet and all the sounds with the alphabet, the the language itself is pretty, like pretty self-explanatory from there. Because it, uh, and I said this is just from what I've heard. I've not researched anything. It just they they said that like each each character of the Cyrillic alphabet makes a, a certain sound, and then. You know, so then once once you know the sounds, then it's 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 easier, at least to read. Anyways, I don't know, but yeah, re- reading it for sure, and then speaking it. The biggest thing that we run into with, with speaking it is you know the conjugations. So if something's feminine or masculine, mm. it completely changes the context of the word. Oh, okay. Uh, so if I'm speaking about, all right, so like a dog is a sabaka, right? But because it ends in that aka. It's mm. it's feminine. Okay. So if I were to say my dog, I'd have to say when the word for my is boy, but I have to say Maya 
because it's feminine. So Maya Sabaka. Okay. Uh, and that is a very, very simple explanation as to why it can get difficult. I think the biggest thing with the language, though, is uh, I can't speak Russian in a lot of places we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of places we go, they're not fans of them for, Fairly I think, relatively reason. obvious <laughs> obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, so when we do speak it or when we are doing our 40-hour block of speaking it, it's – and I think it's with any language is – your brain doesn't think in that language. Yeah. So by the end of that 40 hour block, because I've been speaking it with a teacher, uh, continuously, my, my brain can start to think in that language. And so it's not as slow instead of me hearing Russian, translating it to English, thinking of what I'm going to say in English, translating it to Russian and then saying it back, Mm -hmm. uh, it, it starts to think in Russian, answer in Russian, and I say it in Russian. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it, it's a perishable thing, you know? Yeah, I, I get what you mean. It's, uh, well, it's kind of like playing guitar. Like, I can, I can physically play guitar. I taught myself a while back, but I don't play anymore. And I'm like, I'm not, I was never very good at it, but it's, uh, I'll, I'll pick it up and I can, I can remember the chords, but like, boy, you got to train your fingers back again to, to, to get it to sound, sound good. And I imagine it's the same way with, with languages too, like repetitions. Oh, for sure. Thing muscle, muscle memory, I guess is, uh, I mean, it kind of goes with everything. Muscle memory is a a huge thing. Just repetition. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like when, when we first get to my last, trip to Poland, you first get to Poland, I'm trying to remember everything in Polish. And then by the end of it, I can, you know, order food and, you know, get a beer and talk to the partners we're working with, you know, a little bit here and there, you know, ask how they're doing, how their day was. Yeah. Talk certain things because again, my, my brain makes those connections a little quicker. So, yeah. So I, I worked with uh, a guy when I was in high school, he's a Mennonite dude. And um, he spoke high German, low German, Spanish, and English. He, you know, because he he was he was German German ethnicity, but uh, was born in Mexico, I believe, and then then immigrated to to Kansas. And uh, my brother in law worked with him uh, full. I, I just worked there one summer in, in high school, but he was telling my brother in law was telling me they're talking, and uh, he asked him, he's like, "Well, how do you think?" And he's like, "Well." At home, we speak. Uh, I think it was Low German, uh, but he he when he was, I think he well, he he grew up speaking High German, and then his wife spoke Low German, and so like he when he's talking to his wife, he, he thinks in in whatever one it was, and then he would dream in another in the other uh, German dialect, and then. But when he was speaking to the Mexican crew, he was thinking in Spanish, and then same way when he was he was he was talking to the to the whites, it was uh, he was he was thinking in English, and so that's uh, I can barely speak English, so it it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's, yeah it's yeah. I mean we yeah we have we have levels of like you you get your proficiency level after your, you know, oral proficiency interview, which we have to take every year. Mm-hmm. 
And most of us kind of stay around like a one plus one plus. And again, in English, you and I are speaking essentially like a three, three in English. Like we can talk certain pieces, but we can't speak at least not. I can't speak in formalized English and speak on an intelligent level when it comes to, you know, economics and stuff like that. Yeah. And so that, that's where those ratings come from. But now, I mean, I have guys I work with that, that their brain just works like that. Mm. I have a couple guys that I work with and they speak three separate languages and they speak them, you know, at a two, two level, three, three level. And that's just their, their brain connects those dots. That's, uh, that's wild. And they're able to, yeah. So like when you're talking about your buddy from high school, how he, you know, can think in English, think in Spanish, dream in high German and speak low German and all these things that he might just be one of those cats that, you know, his brain connects those dots or at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, cause my, my daughter is, uh, one of my daughters is five and she's learning Spanish right now. And she's almost to the point where she knows more Spanish than my wife and I. Yeah. And so I think instilling that at a younger age can, you know, keep those receptors in the brain kind of firing in that direction to where you can, you know, retain that information and at in different ways where I was, I was never taught a different language when I was younger. I mean, the first time I learned a language was in the special forces qualification course. Yeah. And I did not have an easy time. I, I, I can imagine, dude. I, uh, I see my, uh, my oldest, my daughter, she, uh, she had a, a Mexican lady that, that watched her when my wife went to teach school. Um, and so she, 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 you know, from an infant, uh, till she was about three, I guess, uh, uh, two, I, I suppose, but she was, she was, you know, speaking and, and she could, she could conversate in both English and Spanish. And now, now that she's not just inundated by it all the time, she doesn't she, like my wife will teach her some Spanish here and there, but it's uh, like, we, she doesn't, she doesn't speak or she doesn't get just flooded with, with Spanish anymore. So it, it, it uh, yeah, it, it it's, I think you're a hundred percent right. Like the more you, the more you're around it, especially at an early age, they just, it's like second nature. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah. And then of course, you know, the, we learned that with the whole mask nonsense is like yeah, being able to see somebody's mouth move is, is a very important part of learning a language too. Oh, it's, I mean, facial expression is huge. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's huge, especially at that evolving age. I mean, five to 11. Yeah. At that, I mean, even, even in babies being able to see, you know, their mom's face mm-hmm. and how it reacts to certain situations, you know, that's, those, those are all big things, Yeah, you know, which again goes to, I mean, different cultures have different things they do with their face and different mannerisms and stuff like that. So that's another thing you have to learn. Like you just learning the language is one thing, but understanding how that language is spoken in what setting and who you're around is a completely different thing. Yeah. Culture is a huge thing. The, the U S government's kind of learned that uh, the hard way many times where it seems like we're really good at, um, at going in, blowing shit up and uh, taking a guy out. And then afterwards we're like, Oh, 
oh, I didn't realize there was this many underlying issues <laughs> behind all this. You're like, oh, this is a whole different culture. They don't think like us at all. Yeah, secondary and tertiary effects for sure are something. And again, that's why I love what I do. Yeah. Because even even in Afghanistan, it was we moved into a village, and unlike you know other units out there that would come and say, "Hey, we'd like to build you a well," you know, and then they don't come back for a month. Yeah. We would move into the village, and we'd be a part of the village, and you know, just a part of that culture, a part of that community. And you get to know everybody around there and understand how it works. And I think that's why we're so effective. Yeah. You know, like at at any point in time, we can be turned into the hammer for sure. Like at any point in time, Mm -hmm. uh, we have the ability to be the hammer that, you know, smashes all things throughout a night. But where we really make our money is, you know, kind of being that scalpel. And being precise in our actions and precise in our efforts and doing the research and not just coming in, making a mess and leaving. Yeah, for sure. So that, that I mean, that was kind of the because special forces like officially started in in the 50s, right? During the Korean War. Well, yeah, 1952. OK, yeah. yeah. And then, but they really, like, they really kind of ramped things up during Vietnam. Of course, everything kind of got ramped up during Vietnam. But, um, like, MACV's SOG was the, was the original, like, Green Beret group in, in Vietnam. And, uh, yeah, and you, those guys did all the, all the secret shit. I mean, they were, they were in Cambodia, they were in Laos, uh, probably in, in North Vietnam some, I don't. It's uh, it's another area of uh, research. I gotta, I gotta go go deep dive on some more. But it's uh, yeah, it, it's wild. You guys uh, but the I, I guess you, you guys were the I guess the tip of the spear for as far as um, you know, unconventional warfare goes. But with with unconventional warfare comes with training an indigenous fighting force, and that's uh. Yeah, that's a whole whole different thing, and they there's a lot of a lot of trust building involved. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, that's that's one of the key things you learn through our qualification course, and obviously, as you get going, I mean, the official like active date of the special forces was in June of 1952, which was tenth group, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, I mean we branched off, you know, uh, into the separate groups, like throughout our history, but we can kind of trace our lineage back to the second world war. Um, and you know, we had the first special service force and the OSS and stuff like that stuff that the CIA was kind of built off of, but it, it has roots in, you know, what we do, which is training advising you know working by with and through uh resistance force yeah yeah so like uh the oss that was the jedbergs right uh yeah yeah for yeah during that time yeah so that and that was uh yeah, oss being the precursor to the cia and, and there there was a lot of like uh, working with the french and dust dutch resistance to uh to sabotage shit behind you know, in, in Nazi occupied Europe. 
Yeah, they well, they they were formed as an agency of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. It was kind of the first of their kind, and yeah, their whole well, their real job was to is essentially coordinate espionage activities behind enemy lines. You know, yeah. for all U.S. armed forces. I mean, through subversion, propaganda, and stuff like that. Yeah, and working real close with the Brits, who, um, I mean, they might be the best at uh, long term as well as far as espionage go. They're uh, they've been at it for a while. Oh, for sure. Um, the and, and of course the Russians too. I mean the I mean the the U.S. Soviet spy games during the Cold War. I mean it spawned how how many movies and and books and. It's fascinating stuff. Um, takes a <laughs> takes a different sort of person to be in that in that you know immersed uh, uh, real deeply in that that espionage stuff. It's a it's a dirty world. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure. But that's I think that's kind of why we we tie our lineage to the OSS and then the uh, first Special Service Force. You know, because SF is kind of a mixture of both if you will. Yeah. Um, that's where the, the idea really sprang from. Um, I mean, the first special service force in itself, it, it was a joint force. It's an American Canadian commando force, you know, utilizing world war two. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of where we draw our lineage from. And, uh, I think it's also cool that they were, uh, organized and then trained at Fort William Henry Harrison there in Helena, Montana. Yeah, that's uh, I've got a, a an empty bottle of whiskey behind me from Willie's Distillery that was uh, what was it called? The Devil's Brigade. Um, you know, in honor of that that first Special Forces group. So it's uh, I uh, I got uh, I got inundated to to that whole history here uh, a couple of years ago. And it's, I say, it's just fascinating. I, I'm a, I'm a history dude. So I like all that, all that type of shit is just, is, I'll, I'll soak it up like a sponge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a big history fan. I just, I, I just wish I could remember more, you know, as I read it's, I don't know. You you're in enough explosions and stuff like that that you know it starts to get a little hard to remember. I bet so. certain things that don't have to do with your everyday life. You I know? I can imagine. And then the older you get, you start losing that as well. I I always had kind of a I don't know if it was exactly a photographic memory, but I always had a I had a good memory, but it was always for random, basically useless in everyday um situations historical facts or, or or shit like that you know like i know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff but not a ton of it's useful yeah and uh but it's uh as i get older i've noticed it like i i remember hearing that from somewhere where i used to be able to recite it almost you know from memory and now i'm just like mm, i don't remember where i read that at and yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um, I guess one of, one of the other cool things about special forces, you guys get all the cool, uh, toys to play with too. Uh, or at least a lot of them more so than the, the your traditional big army. Yeah, we have, yeah, we have specialized equipment and stuff that we get issued and some of it's great. Some of it's, you know, depends on 
what mission you're attached with. Yeah. Uh, because with there being the separate groups and separate AORs, uh, certain things we get that are, you know, funded by big army goes to each group and it might be helpful for one group, but then, you know, not helpful for the other. So we do have some stuff that just kind of sits around, but overall we have more specialized equipment than the regular army for sure. Yeah. Um, what's your, uh, what's your favorite, uh, weapons platform? Oh, that would have to depend on what I'm doing. Okay. Let's, um, um, all right. Pistol. What's, what's your favorite platform there? So I used, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get, probably get some hate for this. At least I do on my Instagram page, (laughs) but I used to be, I used to be a Glock guy and I don't put anything against Glock. I think Glock is, it's the AK 47 of handguns. Mm -hmm. You can beat the shit out of them. I ran one forever. Uh, I still own a bunch of them. Uh, but I have kind of converted to the SIG train. Okay. Uh, it's just, it, it's just, it's better out of, it's a better gun out of the box. And I think honestly, we get issued Glock 19s. Uh, uh-huh. It was the all-around answer to we need a pistol, so they went with a subcompact. So for certain low-vis operations, that that works. But for combat operations, I, I want a full-frame pistol. Yeah. And the only full-frame pistol we get issued uh, is the M17, the SIG M17, so the P320. It's a P320. Um, or the Glock 19. And so I'll, I take the SIG. It's just a better platform for what we get issued. It, it used to be a Beretta, didn't it? Was mm-hmm. that the standard is like a Beretta? Yep. Was it M nine or something? Beretta, and, yeah, Beretta in nineteen eleven is what used to be the standard issue. Most units got the Beretta. Uh, SF got nineteen elevens and Berettas. And again, I think a lot of guys ran the nineteen eleven. It's a full frame gun. And back then, especially before all these advances in ammunition, you know, 45 ACP was a better round. Now I, I could kind of argue the, the latter. I mean, nine mil, nine mil these days, nine mil itself is a great round. Also with, you know, my SIG, I can carry 21 rounds. Oh yes. Yeah. You know, those 1911s, you're carrying six and one, or if you're lucky, you had a double stack and you're carrying, you know, nine and one or 10 and one. Yeah. It's uh... a, <laughs> It's a big, bigger round, but a lot, yeah, a lot less capacity. Um, a lot less capacity, slower. Yeah. You know, so I get it. And again, I'll probably get a lot of shade for this. <laughs> that whole stopping power bit. There is, yes, there's a piece of that, but it's it's not the size of the round you're shooting something or someone with. It's where you're putting that round. Right. Yeah. So placement's uh, the main thing. Um, yeah, oh, it's the key. Uh, so then let's go say like, uh, a, sh- a short barrel rifle. Um, what, what are you, what are you going with there? Uh, I, I love five, five, six. Okay. I, and again, I understand there's like, you have 300 blackout and then they have, you know, they're starting to drop down like six millimeter arc, which is coming back, which I think is amazing that it's coming back because six millimeter arc's been around for, I don't know, 80 years. So I think that uh, there are smaller weapon systems. I just, I've used 
5.56 for so long. And there's so many different variations of the ammunition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan of it. And now, I mean, I do have a couple like nine mil setups for my house, uh, which, you know, they're, they're smaller. They're still considered a, a pistol, but they're nine mil setups. And the only reason I have those is I have fully frangible rounds because oh, okay. five, five, six, tra- yeah, five, five, six frangible rounds. They, they'll still go through everything. I mean, they go through drywall. Oh, Nine yeah. It's just got a better chance of stopping. You know, there's more surface area for that bullet to kind of dissipate. So the the home defense setups are, are nine mil. Well, but five five six is just such a universal round. Yeah. Well, and it's a, it's a fast round too. So I mean, yeah, it's 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 got like a lot of punching power, not so much like a, a stopping power, I, I guess. Um, if I, and I'm I'm not a I'm I I like guns, but I'm not a I'm not a gun guy. Um, I have guns. I, I enjoy guns. I think they're important. Important. Don't shoot as much as I should, but I'm not one of those guys that uh, like. It, it's not my 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 main area of interest. So like, I, I've got buddies that that could rattle off all sorts of uh, <laughs> all sorts of stats and facts and and uh, yeah you know, ballistics yeah. and, and I, I'm just like, ah, I, I like, I like two, two, three or five, five, six and nine millimeter. Cause it's everywhere. And it's well at, at times, most of the times it's everywhere and, and it's fairly cheap. Yeah. Yeah. And again, they're, they're great rounds. No, no, it doesn't have the knockdown power, if you will, of 300 wind mag or 308. Yeah. You know, it, it, especially once, once you get shorter barrels, then, I mean, you, you start going under 14-inch barrels with 5.56, five, the bullet's already coming out of the gun less than, you know, the kinetic energy you would want it to. I mean, less than if you were using, like, the Taylor knockdown method of, you know, you need 980 foot-pounds to take down, you know, whatever you're shooting at, mm. uh, especially when it comes to humans, so a human medium. It's already coming out of the barrel after you pass 14 inches. It's coming out of the barrel with maybe, maybe 700 foot pounds of kinetic energy. You know, where, where we make that up with 5.56 is what that bullet does. You know, it's terminal ballistics inside a medium, you know, with it yawing, flipping around and stuff like that. Or if you have frangible ammunition and, you know, that uh, kind of coming apart inside that medium. Mm-hmm. That's where you kind of make up for that, but also where you make up for that is getting you know second, third, fourth shots off before someone gets off second, third, or fourth shot. Right, and and it's lighter, and I can carry a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That the um, yeah the speed of uh, of the rounds going down range is. I mean, that's the whole reason the that, that we conquered the the Native Americans was was the the repeating rifle and the and the revolver um otherwise yeah the 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 indians were just better fighters <laughs> than than the the u.s army was at the time oh yeah like not not even not even real real close comparison they just they didn't have the weaponry and then then they got starved out so it, it's uh i uh <laughs> i was i forget who i was talking to the other day and we we were we were discussing wars and and like Guns are important, but they're essentially useless if you don't have any any bullets to 
to put in him. And then if you're the guy shooting it is starving to death, uh, he's not a very effective soldier that, that way either. So it's all, always comes down to who can make the most guns and ammunition and grow enough food. To yeah, guns, ammunition, grow enough food, and then you know if you have equal matches there, it's who's better trained. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And who uh, understands ballistics, who understands, you know, their holdovers and stuff like that. Holdovers, hold unders, mm-hmm. what that bullet's doing in flight, what it'll do through, you know, a wall, a sandbag and stuff like that. And then obviously coordinating elements to that training goes all the way from being able to pick your gun up and shoot it accurately to how do I maneuver, you know, these elements on a battlefield. Mm-hmm. And it goes all, all the way up the chain. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's uh uh like war is fascinating i love reading about it it's a horrible business but it's uh it's part of mankind (laughs) uh the sad part of it is it just it war happens and it always has and uh but it's it's fascinating reading um you know like i mean that 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 was the big part of uh you know um sherman's march to the sea was to just break the back of the confederacy and starve them out essentially just uh, and it was it was like yeah. it was the the mormons um battle plan too is if they got over you know they got invaded by the u.s army and they were able to if they were going to attack the the state of deseret at the time it was uh burn everything in front of you and head to the hills don't leave a don't leave a leave a single grain of wheat for them to eat yeah yeah, I mean, Mongolian horde, they salted everything. Right. You know? Yeah, um, what was the so, that Greek uh, battle in, in North Africa where they salted the earth? I can't remember of it right offhand, but uh, yeah, same thing. S- salt the earth and they had wipe them out completely. And, yeah, what was that? I can't remember it either. Yeah, you, you, I know you know what I'm talking about, but I, I it's right on, yeah. right on the tip of my head, but I can't, um, I want to say Sardinia, but I know it's not. But that's that's what's popping in my head. But it, it's right there, like maybe Libya, somewhere in that that area. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know, like Scipio sacked Carthage. Carthage, a, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, in one forty was that one? What in one forty something? Yeah. BC, and he he did the whole you know salted the earth, guarantee nothing will grow type of deal. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's. That, that's what uh, Hitler planned to do to Moscow, but um, well, he 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 started too late. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of a, uh, a Adolf Hitler biography, and and it's it's funny. You can kind of see where the meth really took over, <laughs> and he was like, "We're we're fighting everywhere, we're fighting everyone." And oh, I bet, yeah. It's uh, it's funny. Like that guy was was actually fairly brilliant early on and then yeah then then you, you learn about all the all the meth that I had him I had him hopped up on meth and hormones and who knows what all else but it's uh it's not real surprising when when you when you find out all the all the shit going on behind the scenes how how things disintegrated for Nazi Germany I mean they they looked invincible there for a minute and then then not so much yeah yeah it's no, uh, yeah. I mean, just a madman. Yeah, really, really was. I mean, it's I, it, there's a reason why people study him, you know, 
constantly since since uh, he came to power. Like they've they've constantly studied that guy because he's just just a fascinating character, a madman, possibly possibly uh, brilliant, and also just incredibly fucked up ideology. <laughs> just incredibly fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah, terrible. Yeah, terrible. Um, I mean. Yeah, it's 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 kind of wild. Um, well, really wild, but um, but I, I guess I guess enough about the the military side of things. Um, where where uh, where'd you grow up at? So I grew up in Iowa. Okay, whereabouts? Yeah. The Midwest, Northeast Iowa, Waterloo. Okay, uh, my my sister and brother in law live in uh, um, Winterset. They've been there for quite a while now. They've, okay. They, they um, he he was flying. Uh, they're both pilots. They met in in flight school, and then he uh, he took a job with uh, one of Warren Buffett's company, playing uh, flying a private jet. And then um, they let they left Iowa for a couple of years, and uh, they tried he tried the bush pilot thing in Alaska for for a minute, but he's. Uh, He's way too regimented to to do the bush bush pilot stuff. Like he's he he was getting to where he would, he was refusing. You know, he like now you can't take all of this. It's not you know the the weight distributions off all that and and said so it, it didn't work out there. I think he I think he was too late to the game for for the bush pilot gig. But um, they moved back yeah. to to Iowa and um, they really like it there. I've never been back there, but uh, I've heard it's nice. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a great, great place to grow up where, you know, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming have ranches. We have farms. Yeah. You know, so kind of the same business. My uh, my aunt and uncle have a farm. My cousins are farmers. Uh, so they're on, you know, there's, there's no such thing as a weekend. And mm-hmm. anytime I've tried to get them to come out here, you know, we've had them out a couple times. Uh, but, you know, they always got to get someone to watch the cows, watch the pigs, Yeah, you know, kind of look after everything, make sure everything gets fed and all that anytime they leave. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. The, the farther back East you get the, like the, the smaller and like more diverse, the, like the farming operations get. Cause I mean, you, you get out, you know, West, particularly like the Rockies and West it's, uh, you know, typically pretty big outfits because it takes a lot of takes a lot of land to to run a cow out here but that that's pretty much what they do they they, they'll put up some hay to feed their cows but they only farm so they can they can feed their cows in the winter and uh and then yeah you get back in like like i said i'm not real familiar with with iowa but in, in like missouri and and kentucky and tennessee in that area it's you get farm you know like row crop and uh and cattle and hogs and and you know farther south you go you get into the poultry stuff and and they just they've got their hands in a lot you know got a lot more a few more irons in the fire on on a considerably smaller uh spread yeah for sure for that, sure i mean that comes with no, moisture I, too yeah yeah i mean the midwest in itself especially iowa is completely fertile ground so yeah, yeah, you, know, you, you gotta you gotta go grow crops there, and you, so you got to. That's what my uncle, you know, wheat, soy, corn, mm-hmm. and 
yeah, they have they have cows, they have beef. I mean, I have a freezer full of their cattle and their pigs. Nice. And then my godfather's chickens. So there you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Grew up, you know, slaughtering chickens and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's a good way to live. You know where your food's coming from that way, and that's a that's an important thing. We're starting to find out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that, and I mean, my my parents have always been the type that will will get food from the farmers market before we'll get it from the grocery store. Yeah. Um, which you know, has always been nice. Yeah, it's, and, it's funny how. Uh, like agricultural people will will talk shit on hippies all the time, but when you come down to it, like we're pretty damn hippie-ish. <laughs> you know, like it, I'm a, I, I, uh, I, I'm I'm very savvy to the labeling thing. So like everything's labeled organic nowadays, and it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything. But like when you're going when you're when you know where where the stuff is grown and who's growing it and and produces it for you, it's a it makes it makes a big difference. It uh. It's uh I don't know. I uh I, I'm I'm glad to see the trend, the market trend headed that way. It, I think uh I think the ag community's got a little too uh complacent on on how they how they grow crops and we're we're learning like maybe our farming practices ain't quite the best. Uh, I was gonna ask you, uh is is it true about the food over in Europe being just like better quality in general? Uh oh a hundred percent. Now, now it, it, it really depends mm -hmm. because like I said, I eat my uncle's beef and my uncle's pork and, uh, my wife is very adamant about where we get, you know, any of our vegetables and stuff like that. So, uh, but by and large, yes, it's better. I mean, the McDonald's in itself is better. They don't allow the grade f meat that we have here whatever it is like mm -hmm. you go over there and it tastes different like a burger is actually a burger yeah um yeah it's, it's it's weird yeah, how... all, all around it's just better because it's it's regulated a lot more to mm -hmm. where there is and i mean even if you, you get a box of fruit loops here and a box of fruit loops there and you look at the ingredients the ingredients are completely different mm -hmm. yeah they don't they don't put the the high fructose corn syrup and stuff over there. And, uh, <clears throat> they, I think they banned GMOs as well, which that's, I, I could probably get into some shit with, with, uh, some of the farmers that, that listen, but I'm not sold that the GMOs are safe. They, I've, I've heard they're safe. That's what they've always, they've always told us, but then I don't know, like you go through, I uh, went through college and, and you see who some of the big sponsors of all these, these ag universities are. And it's like Monsanto and, and yeah. uh, Tyson and, and, you know, like the, the big, it's, it's like it is with everything else. The, the big corporations get involved and, and shit gets pretty, pretty, uh, pretty shady. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I hate that like the antibiotics and everything like that all falls under that category. Yeah. That, that kind of makes me upset because I mean, if, if you got a cow and it's got an eye infection, yeah, like I, I want to give it antibiotics. So it fixes that eye infection. That cow is suffering from an eye infection. Right. Like just, just because, you know, here in a year, like we're going to turn that 
cow into hamburgers doesn't mean I don't want it to have a prosperous life while it's here before it continues to give my family a prosperous life in the form of food. But now, now I have to skate a line, you yeah. know, like my, my uncle's talked to me about this and he's like, I, I have to skate this line of, do I give this cow antibiotics? Because now it's, you know, it doesn't fall under the non GMO, non antibiotics, mm-hmm. you know, falls under that banner. It's just because it, it spreads so wide now. Yeah. And so I, I disagree with it to a point, but I also agree with it to a point. No, you're you're hundred percent correct on that. And a lot of that comes from the the confined animal operations and particularly the hogs and the chickens. The chickens are the poultry in general. Um like those 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 big chicken farms are it it's a whole different world there. And but they feed them yep. antibiotics, you know, every day because of the because of the confined space, cattle are a little different. I mean, even even in the feedlot, you, you feed them, uh, you feed supplements to, so that they don't bloat. You know, it it, it helps with their their rumen, um, the microbes in their rumen. You uh, you're not really feeding the cow; you're feeding the bugs in their gut. Is is essentially how how right. uh, how the the rumen right. animal works and. Uh, and so when when you they come off of grass, you gotta you gotta ease them into uh, you know a high energy high energy diet, which it's uh, I mean it, it's it's a lot like humans too. I mean you the if if you come come from a you know like a a clean clean healthy diet where you're eating a whole lot a lot of whole foods that are that are produced you know the so called right way. And then you go and you eat McDonald's three meals a day for for a month. I mean that that first couple of days, you're I mean you're gonna just it'll destroy you. Yeah, I mean you just wreck your gut, wreck your plumbing, and uh, yeah, it's it just it's the it's the same concept. Their their yeah. their digestive system works a, a little different. Um, few that's more steps. That, see, that's why I eat. That's why I eat fast food at least once a month. There you or go. at least once a week, excuse me. I I get fast food in at least once a week. What's you your, your uh, go to? Oh man, with that, we were in the team room. What was it two days ago? And we were talking because I showed up with uh, Chick Fil A breakfast sandwiches. Oh shit! And yeah, that that question got asked. It's like, what's your go to? And I was like, God damn, that see, that's a hard decision. It really is. It's good, but, and of course, one of the guys from the other team, so I mean, he's an absolute fucking unit. Mm -hmm. He is a force to be reckoned with, but he eats very clean. He, you know, controls like his, you know, the whole macro, micro thing and all that. And uh, I mean, good for him. I am, uh, my, we have, we have a dietitian assigned to 10 special forces group. And she had asked me because we've been running blood tests and stuff like that. I've been, I've been doing this for 17 years. And so I'm at the point now where it's like, Hey, we need to look at like how you're doing. Right. Um, and she was asked what my diet is. And I tell her, I, I run a Midwest diet. Mm-hmm. Like I, we had, it's a lot of meat, a lot of vegetables, you know, casseroles and yeah, I eat, eat fast food once, maybe twice a week. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he had made a comment of, uh, he wishes he could eat something. I told him he needs to, I, I, I had a buddy who, uh, 
he died six times on the table. So we were in, we were in an explosion. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he died six times like on the table and he, Oof. he was like, Hey, you know what you're thinking about when you're dying? And I'm, I was like, well, Hey, I'm going to assume like your family and stuff like that. And he's like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you think about all that, but what you really think about, and I'm like, I'm going to go back to my previous answer of your family. He's like, no, dude, you think about that fucking chocolate cake you didn't eat. <laughs> He's like, you don't think about that last rep or the mile you didn't run. He's like, you think about that fucking cake you should have ate. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. I, I understand what you're putting out. So it's like, a, it's a two, really, it's a two-part thing with me. Because it's like, A... I'm, I'm going to enjoy the food I eat. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I'm up at four and I'm to the gym by six, you know, five thirty six, and I still work out and I still work my ass off. And most of the guys do, but you know, we're going to treat ourselves every now and again, but there is something to be said because that guy, when we get into country is, I mean, almost not operational really? for a week. Yeah. Cause he's not used to eating this, like, his, his gut is not used to a diverse, you know, amount of, I mean, <laughs> really poison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on what kind of food you get, but it's not used to that. And, you know, we, we don't always, well, honestly, we, we never have the luxury. Uh, I'll say I've had a few trips of having the luxury of like really controlling my diet, but normally, you know, diet and sleep kind of go out go out the window right uh so i i make the excuse of eating fast food of hey i'm just keeping my gut ready for the next trip uh i know it's not the right answer (laughs) but it makes sense to me i don't know yeah (laughs) i I don't know it's it's yeah it's it's midwest math you know so yeah that's what it is to me uh they have a an in and out in denver nowadays don't they well, they have them down here in the springs. Do they really? Huh. Yeah, they, they pull one up in the spring. I mean, shit, the first few months that it was open, there was a line for a mile for that thing. I believe it. There was, there's one in Reno uh, that I used to, I, I used to, uh, well, my wife had a, had a house in Reno that we were, that we were doing some work on uh, when I moved out here. And, and uh, so when I was driving back and forth. I'd stop in at, at In-N-Out and, they're very quick, but it is uh, the lines are always huge. Just the that place is good though. It's uh, but it's also yeah. It's an old school place too, and and it's uh, it's very simple ingredients and uh, and for the most part, pretty pretty good quality ingredients for for a fast food pl- joint, anyways. Yeah, that's what I understand. That they only source from like the beef is local. Yeah, Harris Harris uh, Ranch beef, uh, which the the place I I work for now, we used to feed uh, a lot of cattle for them, and uh, yeah, they they have to meet a certain certain program and everything, and and but it's uh it's like a it's it's kind of a West Coast uh, regional packing uh, giant. I if if you if you want to call it that, they're 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 pretty okay. big pretty big operation but they're pretty much exclusively like california nevada oregon the west west coast area okay okay that makes sense i i will say i i don't really care for their fries the fries are not the best yeah i've been there a couple times 
and I, I do. I like the joint. I like, you know, on the bottom of their cups, they got like John 316 mm-hmm. or other verses that, you know, that kind of gets me jazzed up. Hell yeah. Uh, but, you know, and I've, I've had like the four by four animal style, you know, you name it. And mm. it, it's been great. But yeah, the, the fries are, yeah, they, you know, they need to improve everything else sustain. Right. I, I, I think, uh, I think you're a hundred percent correct there. Uh, the fry, I, I order the fries, but I always order them animal style because the fries themselves are not that great. Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Animal style oh, fries is the way to go. I didn't see, I didn't, I have no idea. Um, so what's, um, I guess Culver's would probably be the, the big Midwest, uh, kind of smaller burger chain, huh? It, yeah, it is. I just, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of custard. Yeah. Okay. You know? So I'm a, I'm a big ice cream guy. I'm lactose intolerant, but I'll still suck it up if the milkshake's good enough. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, can, can you get raw milk there in Cal or in Colorado? In Colorado? Oh, I'm sure you can. I, I'm, I'm sure you can. I don't know if it's uh, technically legal or not, but um, I, I've... Is that, a, is that a thing that's illegal? Yeah, for the most part it is. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, so like all the, all the okay. milk in the, in the stores is uh, pasteurized. And, uh, yeah, for sure. And yeah, for, for some, well... Mil- uh, the dairy industry is heavily subsidized too, so a lot of a lot of government regulation, and that's uh, that's one of the weird things about like the EU versus the US. Like we have a lot of regulations, but they're it's like the wrong regulations. You know, they the the stuff that they should be like they should be encouraging, like whole foods, raw milk, um, locally sourced, you know, meat and vegetables, like. That stuff's pretty hard to to like make a uh, make a living at it because it's it's just so regulated out the ass. But you can dump a bunch of herbicide and pesticide on on conventional crops willy nilly, and and it's that 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 just kind of breezes right through. Yeah, it's it's an odd system for sure. Yeah, it's it's and and like raw milk fall falls under that, and I I. I've never been a big milk drinker. I'm a I'm a dairy product guy. Like I'll, I love ice cream, cheese, all that, all that good stuff. Um, but I, like I was never, I wasn't like just drink a glass of milk type of guy. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't care so much about milk. But we had we had a milk cow growing up for a while, and uh, and the milk was better for sure. I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we just skimmed the the cream off and 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 just drank it straight out of the right out of the udder for the most part and and it is it is better it's i mean just a richer richer product but um i don't know okay it's yeah it's funny uh, as the 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 stuff that we grew up on like the food pyramid and and shit you're like oh (laughs) they just made us obese they told us eat this and you'll be good now no everybody's fat well yeah well i mean i mean (laughs) Me growing up, it was you know country crop, mm-hmm. margarine. Yeah, because it's you know it's better than butter. 
and then you come to figure out it's it's actually way worse. Way worse, yeah. And like butter is butter's the way to go. Yeah, butter is one ingredient, maybe two if you get the salted kind. But other than that, it's it's just right. cream, and that's it. And same same way with like uh, like the the meat alternative, fake meat stuff that they're putting out. The you know like the Beyond Beef. It's uh, you know it's like a two page oh, yeah, list that's... of of just shitty ingredients where hamburger is muscle and fat that's it yeah yeah it i don't these are these are things i i don't understand especially coming from you know a family that Mm -hmm. has cattle and pig and you know i i've I've never understood it i mean and i mean i don't i don't hate on anybody i don't have time for that uh you can eat whatever the hell you want to eat. I, I don't care. I just, and I, I have friends. I have a couple friends who are vegans, stuff like that. And, uh, I talk to them about it. And thankfully they're like, no, we don't, we understand we're vegan. We're not trying to pretend to eat anything we can't eat. And like, they actually look into what goes into certain things that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they put in their mouth. And so it, I just, I, I've never understood why you would want, it's like, Hey, if you're going to go that route, go that route. Uh, I don't grasp why people want to try and kind of fake the funk of, well, speaking of which me and, uh, me and a buddy of mine, we were working on a video project for 10 special forces group. It was kind of an initiative that, uh, I had put together. Because the way we were recruiting, I, I felt like it was wrong. And so I wanted to put a video out. And so, you know, I, I made sure certain elements of the command were okay with it. And we brought in a buddy of mine that I grew up with. I mean, I grew up, you know, skating with, hanging out with. He was a close friend of mine, still a close friend of mine. Lives in L.A. now, but he's a film producer. Mm-hmm. And brought him out to help make this video. It's on YouTube. It's called The Why. And okay. it's just like a t- 10 Special Forces group video really it's just about special forces in general uh, you know a little two W-H- and a half minute video why yeah okay yeah so why or the why is okay. what it's called I, i'm sure if you just search the why these special forces it'll come up but we were driving from colorado up to montana because we uh our, our winter warfare detachment runs courses in montana and stuff like that uh, and this one uh, we stopped in Ridgeway, Colorado for a bit and then went up to Montana and on the way up to Montana, you got to drive through Salt Lake. So we went through this vegan diner, but he didn't tell me it was a vegan diner. He just said, Hey, we're going to go here. We're going to eat some food. And I was like, okay, awesome. We stop at the diner. I look at the menu and it's got normal menu things on. It. And, uh, one of them was like a Jamaican, uh, chick, Jamaican chicken jerk or Jamaican jerk chicken burrito. And I was like, that sounds interesting. And I asked which is, I was like, Hey, like, is, are we talking like spicy Jamaican chicken or just jerk chicken with some spices on it? And then she was like, well, we, it's not chicken. And I was like, what do you mean? It's not what she's like, that's what it tastes like. And I was like, and I looked at him and I'm like, are we in a vegan restaurant? He's like, yeah, we're in a vegan restaurant. I was like, okay, I am not trying to insult anybody here. Why wouldn't you just call it what it is? Right. Like, why, why say 
Jamaican jerk chicken. If it if it's not chicken, just tell me what it is. Because I still ordered it. Yeah. And it was still absolutely delicious. It was great. I mean, you know, they use beans and stuff like that for the protein and all that. I, it was still really good. But I did not, I couldn't, I still can't grasp why you don't just call it what it is. Right. Or if you, if you want, uh, if you want chicken, just get over the fact that you're eating an animal and eat chicken. You know, like it's, it, it's fine to do that. The outside of the vegan yeah. community, nobody is going to, to look down on you. And I guess most of the, probably most of the vegans don't even, don't even care. But the, uh, it's no, all, no, it's always the loud assholes that, that, uh, ruin it for everybody. And yeah, I think there, I think there's a loud minority out there. Yeah, you, know, you have the that, that quiet majority has made themselves known a couple times, for right. sure. And I don't know. There, it goes. You know, you mentioned the 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 scripture verses on on uh, on the in and out cups, and so I assume you, you grew up in church and and whatnot. And like I we I was I was talking with uh, uh to my kids, and you know the typical you know eat your damn food thing and uh and of course you know my son i i'm you know being being a guy that that uh raises raises cattle and beef um you know i want i want him to be a meat eater carnivore type you know like i i tried going carnivore for i made it about 10 days i i i'd like to i think i'm gonna try it again do do a full month i just i was not prepared at how uh it is so damn easy to make a sandwich you know <laughs> and you're like but I'm not supposed to be eating bread, but sandwich would just that and that and carnival will mess your guts up for a little bit. It will. It takes. Uh, it took me about three days to for for it to adjust to where I was having normal shits again. But yeah, there yeah. for there for a while. It, it's uh, it gets it gets a little ugly. Yeah, but the food's not not the problem. It's you know eating the food's not the problem. It's uh, it's it's laying off of the other stuff and then yeah and then getting your gut adjusted to it yeah that's that's that was kind of my thing and thing. it's it's easy for me to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich like if i feel like i need to eat something yeah like i'll crush a, i'll crush a banana and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and i'm i'm good to go yeah exactly but with like the carnivore it's like if i don't have you know jerky or something standing by uh, mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, maybe it's a lack of you know dietary discipline or something. But I, I just when I want some food, especially as much as I work, and I mean when we deploy, there's no there's no chance like that. I'm getting an all meat diet. There's no chance. No, not a not a prayer. I mean, you're you're eating MREs, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, yeah, in in certain spots, but I mean even. Even in, you know, I've, I've been in 42 countries. Oh, shit. And, yeah, yeah. So, and even in those countries, like, you can still, again, a lot of those countries, you can get meat and stuff like that. But if, it, if it's something quick, I just, it, meat alone doesn't fill me up. Like, I've tried, I've tried a couple separate diets. Our, our old dietitian at Tent Group, when I was trying paleo, we were running a course and about five days into this paleo diet, uh, she looked at me, she's like, you don't look good. I was in the gym and I was like, no, I don't feel good. I'm intermittent fasting and I'm doing paleo. 
And she's like, what are you doing right now? I'm like, well, we're running a course, like a uh, special forces advanced urban combat course. And mm. she's like, you, you are at such a deficit. If that's what you're doing, you're, you don't have that leisure to have that diet. She's like, I'm sorry, but you work out for two hours in the morning and then you wear body armor for six more hours running around and, you know, doing CQB and urban movement and all these things. She's like, you, you're at such a deficit like you're gonna just pass out on the range so you you can't do that <laughs> eat some bread, and I mean, dude eat some bread yeah it, yeah exactly that's, that's what she told me she's like you need to be crushing granola bars and like eating peanut butter jelly sandwiches when you can because she she knew me so she knew that's kind of my thing yeah um but that, yeah, that, she's like you don't you don't have the luxury to be doing that, my man. <laughs> say that I I noticed that too on on uh when I, like I said I only made it about I was like ten or twelve days um on carnivore but and and I don't I don't work near as near as strenuously as you do but like I'm I'm up uh, usually like four thirty or five every morning um I try to do like some yoga or something before I'm you know like push up set ups yoga before I get out the house. And then, there you go. and then, you know, I'm, uh, th then I'm a horseback for the most part. And, uh, and I may eat lunch. I may not. I use, I typically don't eat breakfast in the morning cause uh, I just don't get up early enough to, to cook. And, um, yeah, after a while, like, and then, then I come home and, and work out and like, I'm just, you know, I feel like I could eat an entire cow. And uh, and I'll I'll eat a whole pile of I eat you know there's a ton of meat, I, um, and then I'd still just be starving you know and like the only thing yeah. I could think of is like I, I need some chips I need some I need a, a piece of bread or something you know is uh, carbs. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, it's just you know that, and, that energy source. Yeah. I need. I I understand. And but. Everybody works different when it comes to diet. Mm -hmm. Like that's just that's just what it is. Like yeah. I have again, I have friends who are vegan and it works for them. Like they look they look great, they operate great, like they're fine, mm -hmm. and that's awesome. I got buddies that do keto, and that's what works for them. Right, like, and I think what works for me is being able to crush a sandwich <laughs> you know when i need quick food i get a bag of chips and a sandwich and i get right back after it yeah so i, I did the that 75 hard challenge it was actually like right after we met i like i got back home and i started that and uh and so like my diet aspect i i i cut out bread for the most part i think i had two two or three different days where where i had a uh, sandwich so i guess i didn't technically complete the challenge um, but it was, uh, and I felt really good. I still ate pasta and stuff, but I, for the most part, I just cut out bread, but I still ate a lot of vegetables and, and, and pasta and whatnot. Um, and, and like my wife loves bread. She like, she'll eat bread with every meal. And I, I'm not, I, I'm more of a, like if it's a, a sandwich or like we're waiting on a meal at a restaurant, I'll eat bread. But for the most part, I don't like, I'm not a. It's kind of like drinking milk. I'm. It's. I, I like. I like bread. I love. I love dairy, but it's. It's not my my go to. Uh, I'm. I'm. You know. 
I'm more of a like snack wise. I'm more like chips and salsa or or cheese and salsa. Oh, there you go. When I was a bachelor, I just get a block of that, uh, like the Colby Longhorn cheese, and just knock off a chunk of that and dip it in salsa. (laughs) Oh man, there you go. (laughs) It's uh, it's it's not a bad bachelor snack. I'll tell you that the the women tend to frown upon it for some reason or whatever. I guess it just you look you look like a disgusting dude, but. I I'm a yeah. big fan of it. Yeah, I mean you could always be more disgusting. You know, you that's could true. be dipping wings in some ranch that's in your belly button or something. Right, you know, I, weird like that. I I don't know. I, I hate like hey, I I I clean the kitchen and I put the toilet seat down. Like I'm gonna fucking crush this cheese and salsa. <laughs> yeah, I I am not on meth. All right, so be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to start the bar really low. Yeah, exactly. I've learned that (laughs) throughout the years is uh, set expectations low and then then wow them with mediocrity. (laughs) There you go. Um, There you go. um, So uh, speaking of mediocrity, I I started – so I started up working out regularly because uh, I we've been really slow the last couple of years with our with the weather cycle. Uh, we went from pretty extreme drought and and uh, a lot of people sold off their herds and the cow numbers are way down. And then we got a ton of moisture, and uh, so with the moisture came a lot of feed outside. And then with uh, with the, the current global economic geopolitical uh, situation feed prices have, have skyrocketed due to inputs and, and, uh, and whatnot. And so all that to say, like, we've been really slow the last couple of years and I, I got pretty complacent, little chubby. And, uh, so I, and I was, it was kind of, I'd already made up my mind to do this, that, that challenge thing. And then I, I was hanging out with you, you guys and Jeremiah that weekend. And I'm just like, God damn, I'm a fatty. <laughs> look, look, I'm just, I'm, I'm around a bunch of, you know, operators that are, you know, I know you guys could bust off five miles real quick if you needed to. And, uh, so I was like, I, I can do better than where I'm at now. Um, all that being said to say like, what's, uh, what's kind of your go-to, uh, workout routine, um, for, for like your, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you rotate through muscle groups and whatnot, but like, what's uh, like if if you had to just knock out a a, a quick workout, what what are you doing? Man, it it, re- it really depends. Right right now, because I've had a couple knee surgeries in the last year and a half, mm. um, so I've again turned into kind of an upside down triangle. Not a lot of lower body. <laughs> Not a lot of cardio, upper body, and, you know, because I, I just, I have to keep in the gym, but I think a, a go-to is, well, honestly, what my go-to is, is your, like, classic Globo Gym style workout, just targeting a muscle group and working out that muscle group because it's the most fun. Yeah. You know, you get the most, you get the most out of it when it comes to looking at yourself in the mirror like you get a pump and it's like man i look pretty good but realistically uh like what my workouts look out right now because i'm trying to increase cardio and agility and 
all that. Um, it's a lot of kind of, it's circuit-esque, if you will, like mm-hmm. three, three things back to back to back with the break and then three things back to back to back. And then I'll go to the next thing. So one, uh, you know, it, it might be doing push-ups, bands, and then farmer's carries, you know, with weight. Yeah. And then it'll move, it'll move to a bench press pull out. So it'll be kind of a push pull mm-hmm. deal. And our, we have strength coaches at, uh, Ted group, shout out to those guys. Um, cause they work their ass off. We have strength coaches there and one of them has me on a program, but he has me, I'm running 20 to 30 minutes every day. And mm-hmm. it's not only one of those runs sucks. Like, the other runs are, like, in a zone two cardio mm. to where – and zone two cardio, depending on, you know, who you are, it's, like, your heart rate at 125 to 135 beats per minute. And there's some days for me where – I mean, that's walking fast. Yeah. Because it, it, it just depends on where I'm at. I You know, I live at 8,400 feet, and Fort Carson's down at 6,200 feet. So it, it really just depends – um, but, and as much as I hate those workouts, because especially ending in cardio, I, I'm not built for cardio. Like I am, I'm five, nine in good boots, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I am not built for cardio. I'm built. I think my ancestry goes back to building someone else's castle. I'm built for lifting <laughs> up rocks and putting them somewhere else. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of what I'm built for. Uh, but after those workouts, I, I feel great. Like yeah. They suck while you're doing them and you feel great afterwards. So I would think that anybody, when it comes to a workout, no matter what level you're at, like if, if it sucks a little bit, not sucks a lot, sucks a little bit while you're doing it. And afterwards you feel great then you're probably doing the right thing. Yeah, I, I've noticed that too. And if you got like a, a good, like if you're sore the next day, but like you can still move around, like that's a good workout. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's the thing. You can you feel those muscle groups you worked out the day prior, mm-hmm. or even second day after that. You know, is kind of when I'm the source. Is two days after I do a workout, mm-hmm. but you're still mobile, and you know you can go about your everyday life without someone helping you down onto the toilet seat uh that's then then you're doing the right thing yeah for sure um what sports do you play growing up so i did i did kind of everything um i mean growing up we did soccer baseball hockey football basketball uh once we got to high school oh well wrestling iowa i yeah you have to wrestle if you're in iowa you have to Mm -hmm. um the difference is i didn't have wrestling mats in my basement So I wasn't very good. I would consider myself an okay wrestler, but again, I wasn't good at all. I mean, my, I think my eighth grade year, I was 0 and 9 because my weight class was a normal weight class. Yeah. I think it was like 120 or something like that, but normal weight class. But again, I, you're going against guys who would get out of wrestling practice, go home, eat, nothing but you know meat and pasta and vegetables and then wrestle with their dads in the basement until nine and go to bed yeah uh so when i hit high school it was i had a choice because the seasons are the same of football wrestling hockey and i've been playing hockey since i was three so 
Oh, okay. I, yeah, I stayed with hockey. Nice. We uh, we didn't have hockey. We I school I went to. I, I graduated. I was one of nineteen in my class, so it, it was real one a one a school, <clears throat> and we we had uh, football, basketball, baseball, track. That was that was as far as the boys' sports go. That was all we had. The girls had volleyball, basketball, track, and uh, like yeah, they didn't even have a softball team. Um, so it, it was, it was fairly, <clears throat> fairly limited. And then wrestling, I, I wrestled, uh, I wrestled in junior high and then I wrestled my senior year and like, I wasn't very good in junior high. <clears throat> I was, I was okay. And then, uh, in high school I realized, oh, I actually might've been good at this if I had started 10 years ago and, mm-hmm. and kept at it, you know, cause I, I, I was, I was one match away from, from making state as a, as a senior and I hadn't wrestled since eighth grade. And, um, and I, I love, I love the mentality of wrestling too. Like there, there's not a lot of, I mean, there's, there's, there's a handful of like super cocky, arrogant dudes, but for the most part, even the guys that are elite wrestlers got their ass kicked coming up. So they're like, there's a, just a humility about that sport in general. Uh, oh, for sure. Everybody's pretty respectful because if you're not respectful, you're going to get thrashed. Uh, and, and yep. the, there's nothing that sucks worse in a sport than just having a dude's nuts in your face and you can't get out of it. There's nothing you can do about it. There, it's just, it's the worst. I, and well, yep. as a civilian anyways, it's the worst feeling uh, possible for competitive sports anyways uh, at, the, at that level until you get into, you know, um, the higher level combat sports. But and not that wrestling's not high level, but, you know, like higher impact, I suppose, when you're actually. Yeah, for sure. And what's even worse about that is that dude looks like he works at Conoco. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're 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 doing your best to just look like an absolute unit, and this dude, who you know looks like he prints paper for another dude, like it just tossing you around like you're nothing. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit demoralizing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's funny. Uh, so my one of my really good friends growing up, uh, Teed Hancock. He is uh, he's what we call retard strong, uh, country strong. Just you know, he's he's like five nine, five ten. Uh, I think he wrestled 165 when we were in high school and but that dude was just a tank, you know, like just could crush a guy's hand, uh, would beat guys three times the size in an arm wrestling contest. It was just, just a tank. Um, and that'll get you a long ways early on in wrestling. But as, as you know, as you get, as you go along, the harder it gets, the the higher the competition, and and people just get weeded out. And I saw him just get manhandled by by a nerdy fucking looking kid, and and you know and I'm just like God, I know how strong Teed is, and that dude just just ragdolled him. It's like holy shit, man. There's 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 levels to this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. These books don't match the cover, you know. No, it, it's wild. <laughs> and now, now that uh, like MMA has taken off so so much, like you, you got to be pretty sure of yourself before you get in a bar fight nowadays. You know, like uh, you you might end up choked out real quick if you're not if you if you pick the the wrong fight. Yeah, I've yeah, I've <laughs> I've 
I think throughout my experience when it comes to bar fights, I've always picked the wrong fight. <laughs> even when I haven't, even when I didn't pick them, it, it was the wrong one. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody wins in a bar fight, but when it comes down to who lost, I was definitely the dude who lost. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was pretty, pretty fortunate. I think my last, uh, my last like actual fight, uh, was, a little little dude that picked a fight with me and, and i'm not very big but he uh he was oh, buck 20 soaking wet or something like that wrestler like he was uh you could tell he was a wrestler i he uh blew smoke in my face multiple times and then i i pushed him and he kind of like cartwheeled over a pool table and then immediately went for a double leg and a, i was just lucky that i had wrestled enough to where it was still and I was, I was, I was out of high school, but it was still fresh enough in in my muscle memory where the sprawl came immediately, and then I then I just kind of laid on him because I didn't. I'm not much of a of a bar fighter, I suppose. I I will if I have to, but I I'm there to drink beer and have fun. So it was kind of yeah. It was hit him in the gut, knock his air out, and like all right, I'm I'm done. Whenever you are, let's. I, I don't particularly care to fight, mostly because I was in a. I was in a bar in a little tiny town in Montana, and I didn't know anybody except the dude that I worked with that came with me. And I, I didn't want to go to jail, and I didn't want to just get my ass beat by thirty people either. So yeah, I was about to say the whole bar turns against you. Luckily, um, the guy I was with, he knew he'd worked with a, a guy from from one of the ranches around there. And that guy was just like, "Hey, as long as you're not doing anything dirty, fight it out. There's no cops here." And I was like, "But I don't, I don't care to fight. Like, I don't have anything. I mean, I'm starting to have something against this dude, but I really, I really don't care less. I just, I, I, I don't want you to blow smoke in my face, and I'd, I'd appreciate you talk, stop talking shit. But even then, until, until it goes too far, I, I'm, I just don't care to fight. I'm here to, we're getting ready to yeah. start cabin season, and I'm not going to be in town." Uh, for a couple months so i just i'd just as soon drink some beer and have a fun time but uh we, yep. ev we eventually uh you know he bought me bought me a shot of whiskey later on and, and it all worked out good but i went out my fighting career went out on a high note so i was i was happy about that i didn't i was always i guess smart enough not to not to pick a fight that i didn't think i could win yeah yeah that's that's the ticket is being being smart enough not to pick a fight or being smart enough to get your way out of yeah a fight for sure i i mean in my younger days especially when i was in ranger battalion it was it, it, there were times that we go out and you, you kind of try to pick a fight i don't know it's just yeah something you do in your younger years well, you know you just you try to pick a fight especially you're around a bunch of you know high level soldiers but you know being being in rain you know ranger group like that's not quite the cream of the crop but it's right up there and uh like oh it's yeah for sure it's i mean yeah when it when it comes to you know who's cream of the crop who's not when it when it comes down to if you need something destroyed i mean completely destroyed on fire nothing left overnight you, you're calling the rangers that's mm -hmm. that's just who you're calling there's they're phenomenal at it yeah um you know that's that's just that's what we did that uh, everything was da raid mm. you know um that, that that's just what we did but it, what was nice 
because when you when you are out with a group of guys like that, you you kind of have this invincible feeling about yourself. Yeah, you know. Uh, but we we had a rule that if if you're gonna start shit, it is on you. Mm. It's one hundred percent on you. Now, yeah, if a bunch of people jump into this thing, yeah, then the whole the whole crew's getting in and dancing on faces. But yeah. it was on you, and that that evened it out because there there were a couple people. I mean, I was that guy one time where I started some shit, and everybody just kind of looked at me. Look at them, like you guys got my back, and they just kind of looked at me like, "Dude, you're starting shit. This is on you, brother. This is this is grown man shit." Like, yeah, no. You start shit, you're either going to finish it or you get your fucking ass kicked. And, yeah, dude kicked me straight in the face and put me out. And I came to with, you know, my wife over me and my buddy. Like, did you, did you learn your lesson? <laughs> How did that feel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I unfortunately, I have a face that people want to punch. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if it's my mannerisms or what it is. I've had guys on teams that I've told that to. And I mean, three years later, a, a buddy of mine, Mo, who I've been on team with, yeah, for three years, we were at a bar in Germany and a random guy, uh, he was one of the bouncers at this bar, turned me around, started yelling at me in German. And Mo speaks German. Like, I mean, fluently. He's, he's one of those guys. He, he speaks really good German. Mm -hmm. uh, he had lived there for quite a while. Um, but he, he, after he got done talking to that guy, the guy in English looks at me and he says, watch yourself. And then he walks off and he turns around. He's like, you're not kidding. Like, guys just want to fight you. I was there with like three of the guys on my team and my wife. And I was just standing there with my wife and we were just having drinks. I said nothing to anybody that I didn't know. <laughs> and this guy turns me around. I mean, I've, I've been punched by guys I've never said a word to. Um, and I, yeah, I don't know. I've been, in, I, uh, I've been in a couple of situations like that. it's not, not a, you know, a real recurring thing with me, but I, it seemed like in, when I was, I spent right after I graduated college, I, I moved up to Montana for a couple months and worked on a ranch up there. And every time I went to the bar there, I, and, and I didn't know anybody, like I said, it was, I, I was, I was there with, uh, with a guy I worked with and, and that was it. And, uh, and I like I'm I'm pretty outgoing for the most part, but I I got if I'm I'm in a situation like that, I don't typically initiate conversations too much. I just I, I'm a I'm also a big people watcher. I just like to sit back and and watch a crowd. And I it, but for whatever reason, there was there was an old man that that was talking shit on my hat, and uh, and I was like, I think this guy might want to go, and. Uh, and he was a big old burly fella. He was old, but uh, it was one of those ones where, like, I don't know if I can take one of those to the chin. He's a he's a big dude, and yeah. and then yeah, there was a little bitty dude that I that I could have. I mean, I could have really really beat the shit out of that dude if I wanted to. And then there there was another big guy that it was funny. He had he was double fisting whiskey cokes and uh, kept bumping into me and then telling me to get over myself because it was a crowded bar. And <laughs> there was nobody around me until you crashed into me. And then I was like, "Are you planning on drinking both of those?" And well, yeah, that face is wide open, amigo. That face is wide open. Yeah, but uh, and but he was also a pretty big dude and. Mm, 
he's also drunk, so that could go one of two ways. It could go out or could just piss him off. So I just once again, I don't I don't feel like getting my ass kicked by thirty Montanans. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find my yeah. buddy and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's dangerous playing those games because, like you said, you have no idea who you're dealing with. None, none whatsoever. You have, you have no clue. You have no idea what that dude's day has been like. Yep. Like, how far is this dude willing to go? Because to you, it might just be, all right, I'm just, you're disrespecting me, so I'll, I'm a grown-ass man, you're a grown-ass man, we're just going to scrap. But maybe that guy has a different idea of how his evening should go. Uh, maybe his he caught his old lady in bed with a dude that looked like me. I don't know. Yeah. Who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knows? So. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I could tell I got I got at least one good shot that I mean it's why like I said, he's got he's got uh both of his hands full of, of liquor, so I, I got one shot for sure. But I don't know how that's gonna go. I'm not I'm not the biggest dude, I'm not the strongest dude, and uh I don't that dude was pretty stout, so chances are he's gonna you know he looked like he could he could take a punch, and uh, so that one shot yeah. might be all you get before you just get pummeled. So, mm. Yeah, until he laughs at you and throws you through a wall. Yeah, you know <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then yeah. and then you know then it could be thirty of his buddies jump on you too, and you're like, ah, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna avoid that. Yeah, yeah, that's not you know that's not something you want to get into. I, mm. I will. My wife. My wife has made me, I mean, this, she started this a, a long time ago, but she started making me carry a mouth guard oh, with me. There you go. Because, uh, yeah, she started, she's like, guys just want to fight you. And she's like, you're not a guy that back down from fights, so mm-hmm. you need to take a mouth guard. And I will say that's the best idea she's ever given me because since then, uh, there, I've had, well, I've had a couple, like, little, I, I, I won't even call them fights, just little scraps with, you know, yeah. whomever. But things that could have been a fight and really bad, like, I've, I've told the guy, like, hey, man, like, we'll just go outside, we'll beat the shit out of each other, and we'll go back, come back in, and we'll have a beer. Like, we're not going to wreck the bar or ruin anybody's time here. And they're like, all right, let's fucking go. And we step outside, and as they turn around, I'm putting in my mouth guard. And they're like... You just put in a fucking mouth guard. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I, my wife makes me. I get too many of these, so I have a mouth guard. And they're like, do you want to just like go inside and get that get that drink? And I'm like, I would fucking, I would much rather go inside and just grab a whiskey with you, brother. Yeah, it sounds. Like, like I don't like want to scrap with you. Sounds like a way better time. That sounds like an awesome time. So, yeah, yeah car- carrying a mouth guard has actually kept me out of fights, which. Is great. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you got a you got a good woman on on you there. That's a that's a smart move. Oh, she's the best. She's way too good for me. That's for damn sure. She's um, a sweetheart. I I really I really enjoyed uh, having breakfast with y'all. That was uh, that was a fun time. Yeah, she's a, she's the best. I mean, we've been together for shit eighteen, going on nineteen years now. Nice. Congrats. So. Yeah, we're high school sweethearts. Didn't go to the same. She she grew up in a small town. I mean, I think the her town had a total of like six hundred people in it, seven hundred people in it. Yeah, that's that's my style. Uh, 
yeah, so she grew up in a small town, and I don't know, we just got, I got engaged in high school, and I married her after basic training, and nice. Uh, well, basic training, airborne, then RIP, which was Ranger Indoctrination mm-hmm. Program, uh, and so, yeah, we got married after that, we've been together ever since. You know, that's awesome. That's uh, uh yeah, th- that's not fantastic. a real common story for for the military community. That's you, you're usually on like your fourth marriage by now. Yeah, it, I I will say that it takes a fucking hell of a woman. Yeah, to deal with this life to deal with this lifestyle, it takes a hell of a woman. Well, it's it's a, it's rough. It's a lot of goodbyes. Yeah, nope. yeah, it's uh. So my, my biological dad was, uh, he was in the army for 20 something years. <clears throat> he had, he fought in Vietnam and then, uh, all through the eighties. And he, and when I was, I'd have been like six or seven when he deployed to, to Kuwait for, for the Persian Gulf war. And, uh, that, I, that, uh, particular period of time, he was over there for about six months, I believe. And, uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, that was a weird thing because then I'll, he's just gone, <laughs> just out of the, out of the picture for six months, you know. And <clears throat> it's a uh, it's a whole different deal. And where where you're you're in a like you know uh, you're not in like one of the the big big units of the army where where you're in small teams and you guys are everywhere. I can imagine that's it's like you know that times ten. Yeah, we're we're all over the place. I mean, SF as a whole, I think, is in 213 different countries. Shit. That's, yeah. Yeah, we are. Well, you, you, you have to think right now, like, we're not in a conventional war. No. Like, you know, so we're, so the only unconventional warfare unit is special forces. Right. Yeah. Like, we, we're. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not saying there's not other units out there doing stuff. They are. They're out there. They're doing stuff. I mean, uh, but we we are the most utilized unit right now when it comes to the U.S. military. Well, when you look at the the world itself, and I know you can't comment on that, but it's uh, so like the only real conventional war going on is Russia Ukraine. I mean, Israel Gaza to a, a certain extent, but you know. It's, Hamas isn't a traditional military by any means. And uh, so everything else is like unconventional proxy wars, essentially. And, well, let's face it, we're involved in most of them. So <laughs> we're, you guys get shipped off everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're gone a lot. I can, I can say that much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She's, she's an amazing woman. She, not only does she, I mean, she's a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. You know, she takes care of our kids. She she runs our business. So, Team Room Design. She shout out runs the books. She yeah. I mean, you know, un <laughs> unshameless plug here. <laughs> yeah, plug away. Uh, and you're, you're you're doing some really really cool stuff. Like your your artwork there is uh, it's fantastic. I appreciate that. Yeah. That, yeah. But I mean, again, like it, I do the artwork and, you know, design the stuff for apparel and all that. She does the rest. That's so, awesome. 
I mean, she is, she's a fucking force to be reckoned with. Seriously. I mean, it's, it's great. Um, I mean, you met her. She's, she's just quiet and beautiful and fucking intelligent. And she's so, I mean, she's, she's quick. She's so quick. Like I wouldn't fuck with her. Yeah. She's so quick. I mean, the first, I'd say, honestly, the first seven years of our marriage, there's Rangers living with us. I mean, when I was at second Ranger battalion, we had Rangers living with us. And when I was going, well, even when I was in Fort Hood, Texas, for a little bit, I had a Ranger buddy living with us. And when I was in the Q course, uh, we had four of my Ranger buddies living with us. She called it the barracks. But so, I mean, she she knows the lifestyle. She can fucking hang for sure. That's um, awesome. But she's, I don't know, she's the best. That, you know, so well, she runs everything in the books. That that's awesome. Well, congrats to you on that. I mean, it, like I said, it takes a like you were saying. It takes a special. Uh, it's kind of the same way in my line of work. You like long hours. Like yeah, you know how it is. It's just there, there is for the most part, there is no set quitting time. It's just when the job is done, you're done. And then, well, I I for the most part get to go home when I'm done. But um, yeah, it it but. I'll, I'll tell my wife, like, I'll, I'll be home shortly, and that could be anywhere from five minutes to seven hours later. I don't, I don't know. I like, I'm that's one of my, my weak points is like judging time. Like, I think I'll get this done in 30 minutes, but I don't know. So I'm just going to say shortly. I'll be there shortly. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I tell her exactly what I got going on. Yep. You know, and she knows, she knows, and that's a, you know, that's just the uh, understanding we have. She knows I'm coming home as soon as I can come home. Yeah. Like as, as soon as I can come home, I'm coming home. Yeah. Yeah. That's And she, she knows that we have that general understanding. So there's no, you know, there's no friction there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's, uh, I, yeah. Consider yourself very, very fortunate. Cause that's, uh, it's, I don't know if any advice I, I have for any dudes, particularly the younger guys, is, is find a good woman and stick with them. You know, like they're if they're good, yeah. if they're they're good, they they'll stick with you. And uh, yeah, and I don't know. It's uh, call call me old fashioned in that way, but I think that's kind of what we're made here or what we're put here on earth to do is uh, find a good woman, make some babies, and take care of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Stick with them, but communicate. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you have I think to. a lot of I think a lot of guys. I don't. I don't. And I I see it in my line of work where it, it's just like, hey man, just tell your wife what we're doing. Yeah. Like yeah, we just got back from the range. Yes, you could get changed in jet home, but we're gonna have a beer in the team room. We're gonna talk about what the hell we just did at the range, what we did wrong, what we can do better. And we're going to bullshit a little bit Yep. because we fucking need that because yeah, even though you may work with a bunch of guys and those guys become your friends, it, it's still fucking work. Like yep. we're still working mm-hmm. as I assume it's the same, you know, with where you work. Like, yeah, you're working with your friends, but like you're still fucking working. Yep. So there's something to be said about me being able to shut that part of my brain off mm-hmm. for 30 minutes, have a beer or two with the boys and then come home. 
yeah where there's no conflict with my wife and i is i tell her that mm-hmm. and there there's some guys that that i don't know why but it's hard for them to tell their wives what they got going on yeah it's like no i'm, I'm fucking if i'm gonna be like if there's a saturday which is rare that i get because uh, most Saturdays, if I get any time that I'm not working, you know, in the shop or I'm not at work, that I kind of take for myself. Uh, like I, I tell her exactly what I have going on, and I, I don't have an idea when I'll be home because I'm going to be with the dudes. We're just going to go have fucking fun, and we're going to blow off some fucking steam. And it, I'm, I'm telling you, it's. I would hope that you're not met with conflict when you do that. Like, I'm just being honest with you. I need this. She knows I need it. Yep. And I know she needs it when she, you know, goes somewhere to hang out with her girlfriends or something like that. I don't, there's no, Hey, where you at? No, like, I, I know I will see her when, you know, she gets back and if she fucking needs me, she's going to hit me up. Mm-hmm. No, I, so there's that level of trust. The communication goes a long way way it 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 does and like on on the other hand of that you also got to have your boys to to hang out with every now and then too like you gotta a guy needs that you uh absolutely you you gotta i mean i I don't know it's it's a it's a major problem in the military community it's a big problem in agriculture rural communities as well but like dudes just got nowhere nothing they got they feel alone and they, they end up blowing their damn brains out. And it's like, go drink some beer with your buddies. And like, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe get in a bar fight. Maybe you need to get in a bar fight just to feel alive again or something. But like, that's a hell of a lot better than just ending it. You know, like go, go talk to your buddies, go, go shoot the yeah. shit. It, it's reach uh, out. It's uh, you know, it's fun. Reach out. And it's, and it's necessary. Like we, we, uh, as you know, as a human, we're, we're all, we're social creatures. That's uh, um, even, yeah. even the most antisocial people still gotta, you, you still gotta be around like people that you love. And, uh, it's, it's just important. And, uh, like yeah. that, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, as dudes, it's, uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to, hard to do it, I guess, but I, I don't know. It, it just, it's a lot easier to make a phone call or, or, or go crack a beer with your boys than, than uh yeah just you know doing something really stupid that that maybe you don't even regret well you're not going to regret because you're gone but you're you leave you leave a ton of people behind they're just like what the fuck what now yeah so. yeah well it's and, and and you know that it, it goes both ways mm-hmm. you know it's there's been times and again this this just comes with my wife and i've been together for so long and she understands the lifestyle and the life we live where I'll get a phone call from a guy I haven't talked to in shit years Mm -hmm. and I'll just get a phone call and it doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm picking up that phone call. Yeah. You know, whereas, whereas some, I understand life gets busy. You get caught up in shit. You have stuff going on, but if someone's giving you a call and especially if someone's giving you a call and you haven't heard from them in a hot minute, just pick up the fucking phone. Yep. You know, that just, just pick up the phone. That's, yep. and I, I myself have been in 
you know, a situation where I need to reach out and call someone. And thankfully, I had someone to fucking call. Mm-hmm. And it had had nothing to do with my wife. It had nothing to do with my kids. It had nothing to do with any of that. It's just what I had going on outside of that. I just, I fucking needed to talk to somebody. And I have the wherewithal to know, like, hey, I'm in a fucking bad place. I'm calling somebody. And thankfully, that person, you know, they picked up the fucking phone. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. it's just, it goes to, like, hey, if you're in a bad place, or you're in a shitty situation, or whatever it might be, friends go a long way. Yeah, they really do. They go a long, they go a long fucking way. And I think an issue on that is everybody thinks, like, especially when it comes to soldiers, I, I can only speak on what I know. I'm not intelligent by any means. Like I, I only know what I do, mm-hmm. but when it comes to soldiers, it's a, a lot of people think it's this thing that goes over time that it's, you know, it's these small ripples that turn into waves mm-hmm. that turns into depression that turns into, you know, an addiction that turns into thinking you might take your own life and then eventually taking your own life. And that's, in my experience, it's not the case. It's you've had a shitty set of days or a shitty day and you end up drinking more than you should or doing whatever more than you should. And it's not these ripples that have turned into waves that have turned into white caps that have turned into you know, a tidal wave, it's out of nowhere, this fucking tidal wave hits you. And I don't know if it, well, I, we do know there's science now that, it, you know, it goes to brain trauma and mm. everything else in soldiers, but it, it fucking hits you out of nowhere. And it's, it's a thought of, because we're, we're solutionists, most mm. of us. I mean, shit, most of the cowboys I've met, fuck, they're solutionists. Yeah. They, they see a problem, and they have to constantly think on their fucking feet, or think on their horse, if you will, mm-hmm. like, of how to solve this. And when you look at variables in equation, for some reason, you draw those variables back to you, and you're like, oh, I'm this variable in this equation. Yeah. Like, I, I'm the one fucking up this equation from being a streamlined process. Like, I'm fucking up the A to Z here. I'm the issue. So I'm just going to remove that variable from the equation. Mm-hmm. It, it hits you that fast. And for some fucking reason, that solution comes up. It's like, I'm the fucking variable. So, and again, I only say that because I've been there. Yeah. And in those times, because it's not natural, it's not normal to you, in those times where you're like in that zone... Before you do anything, fucking just reach out. Say three people, right? Yeah. The first two don't pick up. Hey, that third dude's going to pick up. And there's nothing weak. I I hate that it's considered weak to reach out to a friend, especially like being a man and I could take care of my own shit. Uh, it, I, I don't know where that came from, but it's not weak to reach out because again, you're looking for a solution. Hey, that solution is just to reach out to your buddy and bullshit. Yeah. I mean, you could you could talk about anything. You could talk about, like for us, you could talk about fucking throwing trash balls into a fucking trash can 
and how someone on your team can't throw a goddamn ball because you didn't grow up playing sports. Yeah. And how that could be fucking funny to you, you know? Yeah. Or how fucking so-and-so gets pulled off his fucking horse by some calf that he shouldn't have. You know, it, it could be something so minute, but that little spark of joy or remembrance mm-hmm. of a fucking better time could keep you from that dark place. It's that little bit of light that you might need. Yeah. So it fuck when you when you come to that, it's you you just need to reach out. That's it. Yeah. And I only say that because and that might not be the answer for everybody. I know some people have, you know, terrible shit they're going through. Uh but fucking friends and family can can fucking get you on the right path. No, absolutely. That's 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 a hundred percent correct. I yeah, I, <clears throat> you know, everybody's got their own shit, and I don't know what the, the ultimate solution to any of it is, but that, yeah, that first step of just reaching out to just talk to somebody, and uh, I think that that's part of the the issue, because we are men, and, and it's, uh, everybody gets kind of, when, when you're talking about feelings, well, maybe you don't have to talk about your feelings, just talk, shoot the shit, that's, uh yeah. You know, it, yeah, it's amazing it. what that can do. I mean, my my good buddy Clint Mandel, I sent you his number uh, here a while back because they 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 raise beef there in Southeast Colorado, and um, I I just something about like that's that's my boy, that's my best friend in this this entire on this entire planet, and yeah, I like I'll I'll be headed home from work and we'll be bullshit and I'll sh- I'll shoot my wife a text and said I'm talking to Clint. And, uh, I'll be home when I'm home and, uh, I would yeah talk about nothing at all, but just talk, just shoot the shit. Yeah. And, and I yeah. just feel it good when you're done. Yeah. Yeah. It could be fucking absolute nonsense. Yep. I know. Like, like I said, when I, when I called a friend of mine, which who is a leader in mm-hmm. our ranks, I mean, he's, he's the leader in our ranks. Uh, and he, he's a friend of mine, Kevin. He just, he picked up. I told him, hey, I'm not fucking doing good. And he said, do you want to talk about it? I said, no. And he's like, okay. So we just started bullshit. Mm-hmm. I, I said, no, I, I don't want to fucking talk about it. And he was like, all right. Then he asked me like, well, how was the week? And we started bullshit. And we started talking about, you know, I've known him for a really long time. We started talking about times in the before times in the future and stuff like that. And that was it. That's all. That's all I needed. Yep. No. And it's, you know? it's good. And we, to ha- we didn't even talk about the issue. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even have to. It's it. Uh, and nope. typically when that happens, it really wasn't that much of an issue anyways. It was uh, like you got butt hurt or, or whatever, you know? And uh, yeah. the next thing you know, like if I don't even know what I was pissed off about or what I was down about. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, Nothing is that extreme of an issue. Right. Right. Like really, no, nothing is. It, it doesn't matter what what you're going through. Yeah. Nothing is that extreme of an issue. Yeah, that's... that's no, it. I'm not I'm not saying, like, all you need is a phone conversation. That's not what I'm saying. No. I'm, I'm saying a lot of times you just need someone to fucking talk to. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it starts with just, you know, it, it's building a community. And I'm not saying... 
you got to build, you should be, you know, helping build your local community. Like you really should, you should yeah. be involved in that. Those are the fucking politics that matter Yep, is your local community, but just a community in the means of just a network mm-hmm. of friends of people you stay in touch with. And like, that's, that's just who you call. Yep. When shit goes bad, that's who you call. Right. Like I, I have, I've had buddies on the reverse scenario that have called me in the same context. It's like, hey, man, you want to talk about it? I'm here if you want to talk about it. And like, no, dude, I don't want to fucking talk about it. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, all right. Well, fucking let me tell you something about what's going on with me. Like, I don't, I don't turn it into how was your day. I know their day's shit. They're calling me. They're telling me they don't want to fucking talk about it. Their yeah. week might have been shit. Their family might have been shit. So I'll just be like, hey, let me fucking tell you something, dude. Here's what I came across. This fucking homeless dude fighting an invisible monster with a blanket <laughs> going across I-25 stopping traffic. You know, just something fucking out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's always something to, to talk about. And, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's funny, you know, like they, they don't want to talk about it. All right. Well, do you think Taylor Swift's a psyop? What do you think about that one? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, open up, open up a can of worms. Go go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, you know, tighten up that tinfoil hat. See, mm-hmm. you know, see where you get. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, being from Iowa, are you a Chiefs fan? I'm. I I'm not a sports guy. Mm. I'm the wrong guy. I mean, I watch hockey sometimes because I have a friend of mine who plays in the NHL. Oh, shit. so if I have time, I might put on a game that he's playing in uh but i'm just i'm not a sports fan yeah okay fair enough fair yeah enough i yeah i just i don't know i you my normal day consists of going to work coming home spending as much time with my ladies as i can mm. you know eating dinner with them getting them to bed and after they're in bed either spending time with my wife or i'm in the shop you yeah. know building stuff working on stuff that's kind of, or we're facilitating orders and stuff like that. That's kind of how my mind goes too. Yeah, I got yeah work, come home, beat up the kids, and then uh, yeah, if I'm not you know, work out podcast, that's it's about it anymore. I, uh, but it's uh, no, it's a uh, it's a funny world we're living in. But I. Uh, it's uh there's a lot of good people out in it and it's uh it's it's cool to well that community deal like i i I met uh jeremiah through through uh the internet and uh we've become pretty good buddies i've i've helped him uh flown out to colorado to help him with his uh his events a couple times now and then that's how i met how i met you and and the rest of your team there and uh and i don't know it's yeah uh, it, it's that the community deal is a is a it's a big thing is uh it's probably the probably the coolest thing that i've experienced from starting this this podcast venture is just so many awesome people that i've that i've met like we did a, a show in elko nevada here um two weeks ago i think uh first part first weekend of february and um yeah there's there's a a couple from uh, from Silver Lake, Oregon, Matt and, and Rachel Wilson, who are just two of my favorite people on earth. And I only see them at Cowboy Poetry in Elko 
once a year, but now like they're, they're just awesome. I, like I know that when when I'm hanging out with them, I'm gonna laugh. We're gonna tell stories. It's gonna be a, it's just gonna be a big old time, and um, and that all came about because of the podcast, and and it just it's cool being able to just build a, a community of just good people. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, yeah, and that, it's it's uh, <laughs> that's that's what makes the whole world go round. So it's just like I said, Jesus is my faith, but good people's my religion, and I uh, it's it's treated me pretty well so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Benny, I I don't want to cut you short, but you're uh, it's getting a little later your time, and I'm sure you got you got shit to do. But I, I really appreciate this conversation, man. We should do it again sometime, and um, make sure you go check out his stuff, uh, Team Room Team Room Design on Instagram, uh, Team Room underscore Design. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Team Room underscore Design. Yeah. Awesome. It's uh, yeah, you make some really cool stuff, and. Uh, I'm gonna have to have you make me something one of these days. I don't know what yet, but I'll uh, we'll 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 be in we'll be in touch. We'll talk about it. Heck yeah! So um, yeah, one of these days we'll uh, when you're when you're done with done with the military life, we'll uh, we'll show your face and everything, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll 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 get to know get to know everything about Mister Benny. Yes, sir. Cool. <laughs> well, hey man, you take care. Uh, t- you know, t- take care of your family. Tell them hi for me, and um, yeah, you stay safe out there. All right. Sounds good, boss. You as well. All right, we'll do. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and uh, Benny, if you'll hang on after the, uh, hang on for a few minutes. I'll, I'm gonna gonna wrap this up here, but we'll. Uh, if you got a few extra minutes, I'd I'd love to shoot the shit for a few more. Oh, for sure. All right. Cool, man. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, Make sure you go uh, check out the Patreon. You get bonus content, uh, ad-free content, and uh, and sometimes you get... I'm I'm getting caught up on stuff, but um, sometimes you'll get you'll get some bonus episodes. Um, So uh, check it out. It's patreon.com slash burning daylight. And yeah, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men Will test today But only three Win the Green Beret Trained to live Off nature's land Trained in combat Hand to hand Men who fight By night and day Courage take from the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chests 
These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three win the Green Beret. Back at home, a young wife waits. Her Green Beret has met his fate. He has died for those oppressed, leaving her this last request. Put silver wings on my son's chest. Make him one of America's best. He'll be a man. They'll test one day. Have him win. 